Esther chapter 4. Let's go there in the word of God. Esther chapter number 4. You get your Bibles prepared as we come to see what God has to say. Aren't you glad he has something to say? Yeah. Yeah. The question is, does he have someone to say it to? How many say, I'll be that one? I'll be that one for God to speak to. If he don't talk to anybody in service tonight, he can talk to me. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. I want to look at these all-important verses tonight, and let's see if we can join Esther, Jordan, Mordecai. Let's join them in this process. Verse 13, then Mordecai commanded to Esther to answer Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth? Remember we talked about that? Who knoweth? Whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Fifteen. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present at Shushan fast for me, neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Let the church say amen. Our Father, we pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. It is already blessed. As your vessel, cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self. Defend with your spirit. Help me be a blessing. Use the Bible to speak right to our hearts tonight. So that immediately we can put into practice what we hear. We are so glad we come to the church on Wednesday night and hear the Bible. And not just hear some lecture from a professor that may not even be relevant to our lives. We're hearing the word of God. It's always relevant. Quick. Hebrews says. That means it's alive. Powerful and sharpened than any two-edged sword. So use it tonight. I pray, God, that you'd be glorified in what takes place here at Crossroads. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Say it with me. God is working behind the scenes. Say it now. God is working behind the scenes. Say it again. God is working behind. Say it like you mean it. God is working behind the scenes. One more time. God is working One more time. Sometimes you've got to learn how to talk to yourself. Well, Pastor, I don't really talk to myself. Yes, you do. You tell yourself all them lies. I'll never amount to anything. I'll never get past my past. No, God will never use me. I'm not good enough. to. Be. Listen, listen. Who you think's telling you that? You. You say the devil's a liar. Yeah, he's a liar, but your flesh is a liar too. So sometimes you got to speak to yourself. God is working behind the scenes. How do I know that? Because Malachi says, I am God and I change not. And Esther shows us he was doing it then. If he was doing it then, he's doing it now. Working behind the scenes. 
But his work behind the scenes is contingent upon what his workers are doing on the scene. Is anybody listening? What God does behind the scenes, he does through his people, the workers on the scene. Listen to me. God can do anything he wants to do, but he's chosen that he's going to use his people to accomplish his will. Watch this now, Psalm 78. You can limit a limitless God by being a bad worker. Listen to me. You can stop God from working behind the scenes if you ain't doing what you're supposed to do on the scene. Listen to me. It doesn't do any good to have somebody turn the lights on on the stage if the actors ain't on the stage. Doesn't do anything good to have strings if the strings aren't attached to the puppet. It doesn't do any good to have a script and to have props and to have a theater and to have all these things, but you don't have people that will fill their roles. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not the director, we're not the screenwriter, but we are the actors on the stage, and it's about time we let God do what he does, and we don't stop him by not doing what we're supposed to do. Here are the actors on the stage. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Listen, Esther and Mordecai gave God something to work with. I'm asking you in your life, you giving God something to work with. Well, it's up to God. If God doesn't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. If God doesn't want it to do, want to do it, he's not going to do it. I've just settled in my life. It ain't going to ever be because God doesn't want it to be. Hey, let me tell you something. Here's a whole lot of stuff God wants to do in your life. He won't do till you let him. And here is engaged perception. I'm talking about a decree has come down the line. The Jews have been set to be massacred. The king has signed a decree. Haman has devised a plot. Their destiny is in sight, and now Mordecai hears about it, and he's sad about it, and he reacts to it, and the reaction goes all the way through the kingdom, and it gets to Esther, and Esther finds out, and she says he's breaking protocol, you're not supposed to dress like that, and mourn in the king's courtyard, and Mordecai says, I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to, because this has broken my heart, and nobody's going to stop me from doing what God puts in my heart. I'm asking you this week, what did you quit doing that God put in your heart? And so it gets to Esther, and Esther eventually finds out why he's mourning. Isn't it amazing how many times we wonder why people were so upset until we found out what they found out, and then we knew why they were upset? No wonder. No wonder. There's been a decree to destroy my people, Esther finds out. And when she finds out, he, she sends back word to Mordecai of what's happening. Of course, Mordecai is instructing her, you need to go before the king and you need to make an appeal. And when she hears that, she in so many words says, it's not as easy as you think it is. Go back to Esther chapter number four and listen to her response. She says in verse number 11, all the king's servants and people in the king's pro- everybody knows, everybody knows that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come to the king and to the inner court who is not called. There is one law of his to put him to death except to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. Mordecai, I hear what you're saying, but it's a whole lot harder than you make it sound. For me to do what you ask me to do is I'm taking a big change. You don't just go before the king and get access. He has to send for you and he hadn't sent for me. And if I go without being sent, he doesn't hold out the golden scepter. I'm going to, in other words, she's letting him know, listen, this is a tall task you're asking king of me. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming back soon. I really believe he is. But you and I better understand if we're going to live for God in these last days, we need to sign on to a tall task. 
Away with this pea-sized Christianity. Away with this brand of Christianity that, that, that makes it as easy as we can to live for God and live for the world at the same time. Listen to me. Somebody's going to have to take a stand. You stop explaining to God how hard it is to be a Christian as if that's an excuse. Listen to me. Christianity is hard. But let me tell you something. Christianity is possible. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I'll tell you what's harder than being a good Christian. Being a bad one. I'm not talking about difficulty. I'm talking about the life. It may be difficult to be a good Christian, but it's miserable to be a bad one. The way of the transgressor is hard. Most miserable person on planet Earth is not a lost man going to hell. It's a saved man going to heaven, but not acting like it. Because he's tasted the joy of the Lord and he's denying it by living contrary to the word of God. So, so this is pressure, extreme pressure that's put on Esther to do something about it. When she finally gets that pressure from Mordecai. He begins to give her a realistic perspective. If you don't act, somebody's going to. If you don't get involved, if we die, you're going down with us. And if you don't get involved, God can use somebody else. Raise your hand if you know God doesn't need you. What it must have felt like for Queen Esther to hear from Mordecai, God don't need you. Your little pretty pure self ain't the only one God can use. Thank God for what you do in the choir. Thank God for what you do on the soundboard. Thank God for what you do in Sunday school. Thank God for what you do on the bus route. Thank God for the deacon you are. Thank God for the pastor I am. But God doesn't need any of us. He doesn't. You see, the loser, when we don't act on God's prompting, is not God. It's us. We miss out. Esther, you're going to miss out on the blessing. Loneliness, the realized problem. And if you do what you're supposed to do. He says, let me tell you something. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Listen, the prospect of God's providence can only be realized when the child of God performs. You're never going to find out all that God had planned for you until you perform what he tells you to do. Ladies and gentlemen, waiting on the other side of your obedience is the discovery that everything God was working in my life was for a reason, that he has a purpose, that he has a plan. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God? He never does something arbitrarily for no reason. He's not putting things in your life just to make you upset. He's not putting you places just to waste time. He's not moving you around just to get a kick out of you being miserable. There's a God in heaven who somehow manages to rationalize his glory and your good at the same time. It's only a God who can maintain his glory and your good at the same time. What a God. Just doing things for his glory would be enough, but that he does them for my glory and manages to do good to me at the same time. What a God. So she rallies the people. Okay, okay. Verse 16. Get all the Jews at Shushan. Remember, this is the, this is the capital. This is the, this is the palace where the king would go when it was... When the weather outside was not bearable, this is where he would go. This is, a, this is that summer palace where he would go. Notice what he said, rally all those Jews at Shushan, all of them in the capital. Let them fast and, and let them drink not day or night. And I will fast likewise. I told you some sacrificial inconvenience, some spiritual intercession, some selfless involvement. Esther says, I'm getting ready to do something spiritual. And in order to do something spiritual, we have to prepare spiritually. 
spiritually, please listen tonight, in order to perform spiritually, you have to prepare spiritually. You see, by listening, when you get up here and worship, it's spiritual. So if it's spiritual worship, then before you come to church, you ought to make spiritual preparation. Isn't it, isn't it backwards the way we do things? We come to church and church is all about God, but we, we prepare for it all about ourselves. Our preparation is carnal and our performance is supposed to be spiritual. It just doesn't work. Listen to me. If you're trying to pull off something spiritually, then you better prepare spiritually. If you come into church, you better not just get ready in the mirror with your outside. You better get ready on your knees with your inside. Because when you come up in here, it's not about looking good and looking cute and, and, and matching everything that you wear. It's about getting before the presence of a mighty God, a holy God, a righteous God, and making sure my heart's clean. Oh God, if I need to pull off something spiritually help me learn how to prepare spiritually and I'll just say this because it's free we need to get back to people of God the essence of fasting and praying hmm. that's what the early church did fasting and praying that's the rallied people now watch tonight the risky process And so I will go in to the king. I can't get around this, she says. I, I can't get around this. I, 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 I've told you that if I go and he hasn't called me, he doesn't go out the golden scepter, I'm in trouble. I've already explained to you that what you're asking me to do is a tall task. But here's what Esther says. Nonetheless, I will do it. This is what I call a convicted choice. I'm going in. I'm going in. It's not easy. It's not convenient. It's not simple. But I'm going in. Now, I want everybody in the building to think tonight. What choice in your Christian life are you contemplating? It's not convenient, not simple, not easy. What are you going through in your Christian life and you're feeling the pressure of doing what you know you should do and, 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 and people are depending on you and, and you know it's the right thing to do but, but looking at you, towering over you is what could happen if you do it. And, and in your mind, anybody in 2023 that's going to make up your mind, I'm going to do right because I've decided to. Convicted choice. Now notice the considered consequences. And if I perish, I perish. Say those words with me. And if I perish, I perish. Say them again. And if I perish, considered consequence. You know, I, I, the more I study Jesus, the more I study the Christian life, the more I come to the conclusion that the Christianity that he was building on earth looks a whole lot different than what I see today. I look at Christianity today, and it seems like there's this concerted effort to make it as convenient, as, as normal, as popular, as unobtrusive, as, 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 as not interfering, as coddling, as kosher, warm and fuzzy as possible. God forbid, God forbid the will of God take me out of my way. 
God, God forbid a good local church have me drive a distance. Now I'm going to drive an hour and 15 minutes to go to the barbershop, but God forbid I drive that far to go to church. God forbid the one who loved me and gave his son for me. God forbid the one who woke me up this morning and started me on my way. In him I live, I breathe, and I have my being. God forbid he go tell me to go out there in the world and take embarrassment for him. But I'll be embarrassed for my political candidate. I'll be embarrassed for my sports team. And I'll be embarrassed if I'm living a lifestyle that doesn't make sense to other people. Listen, I can put stuff on my body that's embarrassing. I can pierce all over me and people look at me like I'm in I can take my hair and make it green or blue or purple and yellow and say you know what if that's what I want my hair to be I don't care what anybody thinks but God forbid I do something for Jesus and get stares and Esther here in chapter number four is slaying all of that reasoning where in the world do you see in Esther chapter 4 where God steps off from behind the scenes somewhere? I'm talking about God behind the scenes who's running the lights, who's running the props, who's making sure that all of the effects go well. He, he's never on the stage in Esther, but he's behind the scenes. And clearly you can see his hand. Shouldn't, shouldn't right about now when Esther's up on the stage saying, okay, I'm going. Everybody pray. Everybody fast. Nobody eat. I'm getting ready to go before the king. He hasn't called me. I'm going to take a risk. If he doesn't hold out the golden scepter, I'm going to die but watch this now if I perish I perish here's what the Christianity of 2023 says God comes from behind the stage and goes cut 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 no 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 Esther no no you're the main character you can't die no girl 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 don't put yourself out there everybody that everybody that came here to see this play came to see you girl you can't perish And yet God is still behind the scenes going, yep, 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 yep. It's still, look, 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 I'm still running this play right now, Esther. You're about to put yourself in the clutches of death. Watch this, listen to God. And God said, I'm going to let you do it. Some Christian in the building tonight is going, no, 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 no. I ain't about to take that risk because there is no way that loving God that gave his only son would expect me to put my neck out there and possibly die for the cause. What God you reading about? Be it known to you, king, we will not bow down to the golden image which thou hast set up. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. You can throw us in the furry, fiery furnace, but we are sure that our God is able to deliver us out of the fiery furnace. And if he does not deliver us, we still will not bow down. I'm telling you what them three boys saying. We know that fire burns people because we know it burnt them people that turned it up. But listen to me. We are willing to get burnt. We believe enough in the God we're worshiping. We're ready to burn for him. If I perish, I perish. Boy, it sounds good, doesn't it? Sound like a good, more sound like a good phrase to say. Go ahead, Esther. That's the big line of the play. If I perish, I perish. You know what I found out in the Christian life? You ain't ready to die for him if you ain't already living for him. Don't, don't say I'll die for the Lord. If you die and you're not living, you didn't die for the Lord. Did you hear me? If you die and you weren't living for God, you didn't die for God. You died for you. You can't die for God unless you live for God. You can't die for the cause unless you live for the cause. You can't get knocked out for living for Christ unless you're living for Christ. 
Who's going to take the risk? 2023, if I perish, I perish. Listen, listen, I've got a family member that's lost and on their way to the devil's hell. And I'm telling you right now, going to that family reunion and opening the word of God or opening up a conversation about the gospel may get me ostracized from my family. It may get me turned off. I'm going to go to that set of friends. And I'm going to present the gospel to them and they may never talk to me. They may laugh at me. I'm going to go to my job and tell them, as long as you keep infringing on my walk with God, I'm going to have to find somewhere else. To, I might get fired. I might get ostracized. I might get kicked. I'm going to tell that boy, if you don't want to do right, go to church and live for God. I'm not going to be, I might get broke up. Listen, I'm just telling you, I have already considered the consequences of my actions, having mapped them out and the possibility of death. I'm still going in. I got to scratch my head. I don't know very many Christians like that. I don't know very many Christians like that. If I perish, I perish. Hey, you want to get involved in this ministry? How much time is it going to take? First question. We got to give up Saturdays. Got to give up Thursdays. Got to give up Tuesdays. Got to practice. Gotta... Oh, man. I don't know. If, if, look, look, look. I'm telling you, I love, I, look, I love to be involved, but if it's going to require a lot of time, I just can't do it. Can I ask you a question? What in the world are you involved in doesn't require time? Come on, sign up for a team. Yes, I'd like to sign up for that team. Would you? Yes, it's a good team. We're gonna, well, we plan to win a lot of games. Thank you. I'd like to play on this team. I'm telling you right now, if I play, I don't want to come to any practices. I don't want to go to any warm-ups. I don't want to pay for any uniforms. I just want to get out there and win a trophy. What team can you play on and not participate in the activity? How in the world can we wear ourselves out for carnal things and the Lord ex- expects us to put ourselves at risk and we tell him, you're not worth the risk. Watch this now. I won't die for you but I became yours because you died for me. No wonder so many are walking away from the cause. I mean, no wonder the list is growing of used to be Christians, considered consequences. That's a risky process. We close with a responsible partnership. Esther says, I'm going, I'm going. I'm, I, look, 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 I'm going. Cash question. Watch this story. Who in this book could go before the king? Who? Who could go before the king? Who in the story could go before the king? Who? Esther. Anybody else? Mordecai can't go before the king. All them Jews out there, they can't, listen, they don't have access to the palace. Listen, there's only one person in this story that can go before the king, and even that one person is taking a risk to do it. Please listen to me tonight. Don't ever underestimate the significance of doing your part. You might be the only one with access You might be the only person in your office saved. And you've been there all year long. We're going into the third month of the year and you've not one time witnessed anyone. There's no, Esther, you're it. You're telling us about dying. Girl, you're all we got. Mordecai already told us God can raise up another person. But why does he need to raise up another person? He's got one. You're it. You're it. 
Has it ever occurred to you that you may be telling God, God, there's a need. I pray you bring somebody to fill that need. And God may be thinking, you are it. I've had people tell me, Pastor, would you witness to my loved one? And I get to talking to the loved one about Jesus and tell, share the gospel. I say, have you ever, anybody ever shared this with you? No, I've never heard it. It's one thing to say, Pastor, they won't listen to me, but would you go try? It's another thing to say, to tell Pastor, would you go tell them something that I know and I've never told them? You've got to do your part. Here's the responsible partnership. Esther in the palace, Mordecai in the court. Esther in the palace, Mordecai in the court. Here's, here's her agreement in chapter 4. I'm going in, verse number 16. I'm going in if I die, I die, verse number 17. So Mordecai went his way. Listen to me. We, we, listen, we're all actors in the play, and God is directing. But here's, here's how the play comes together. Everybody does your part. It really doesn't matter if I go to church. It really doesn't matter. I don't have to be there. You know who says that? You know who says it really doesn't matter if I go to church tonight? The person who's not on the schedule. You know what that means? It really doesn't matter if I go to church. I'm not singing. I'm not taking the offering. I'm not teaching a class. I'm certainly not preaching. I'm not, I'm not unlocking the door. I'm not turning the lights on. I'm not responsible for making sure the air or the heat's turned on. Here's what that person is saying. I don't, listen, I don't have to be at church because I'm not one of the main characters. Listen to me now. It takes more than main characters to make a church run. Esther's the main character. Everybody's looking at Esther. Girl, the whole hope of the Jews rests on what happens when you go before the king. But wait a minute now. Just because he's not going before the king doesn't mean he's off the hook. She's in there praying and fasting that that king will hold the golden scepter. But guess what Mordecai is doing? Verse number seven. Went his way. You know what that means? His personal obligation. Second verse. And did according to all that Esther had commanded him. I would submit to you that we're going to get to heaven and there are going to be some people in the front of the line at the judgment seat of Christ and they're going to be having their little mirrors and they're going to be going like this and they're going to be looking at the person beside me. Is there anything in my nose? Anything in my nose? Are my glasses clean? Glasses clean? How's my shirt look? How's my suit? Is my tie straight? Is my tie straight? Do I look really good? Do I look really good? And they're going to say, what's going on? What do you mean? What's going on? I'm getting ready to get my crown. I'm next in line. I'm getting ready to walk forward. Do you know how long I preached? Do you know how many churches I, do you know how many Bibles I signed? Do you know how many people listen to my sermons on sermon audio I'm next in line I can see that crown of glory right over there shining and beaming it looks just like my size exactly for my head I'm next in line the person in front of you is going to walk off the stage with their crown smiling casting it at Savior's feet and you're going to step forward and the Lord's going to say next and you're going to start walking forward and he's going to say no not you the old lady who was praying for you every Sunday morning The church member who tithe 52 weeks a year. Some, some soloist in the choir is going to be up there. Oh, yeah. Boy, boy, I got a lot of hearts prepared for the preaching of the word of God. I'm going to get my crown. Next, you start walking forward. He might even ask me to sing with the crown on. 
And God's going to say, no, no, no. The choir member who never had a solo voice, who couldn't have sung a solo if she wanted to, but she showed up every week on time, sang her heart out, and the church never heard how she sang. But God says, I did. See, just because God didn't pick you to be an Esther doesn't mean you get to not be a Mordecai. Personal obligation drives us to proper obedience. He did according to all that Esther commanded him. You know, Mordecai's a pretty humble guy, isn't he? You know how you know how you know look look look. You know how you know people are humble? You know people are humble when they are fine taking orders from people they used to order around. You, you know, some people can't do that. I know you ain't telling me what to do. I used to change your, I used to be your boss. I used to change your diapers. I used to, I, 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 was, I was alive before you were ever born. They, they, have, they have an authority complex. By the way, while I'm thinking about it, the people in Crossroads Baptist Church who are the best at following authority are seasoned saints. They come from a generation where that's what you do. There was a day and age in our country where authority was just what you do. You, you, you follow, I'm not talking about blind leadership and dictatorship. I'm talking about children obey your parents. Submit yourselves to those that are in authority. It's just, a, now we live in a day of rebellion. He pulled me over and stopped me on the, on the side of the road. He's going to talk to me like I'm nobody. Who he think he is? It's called a police officer. We're living in a different age. We don't like authority. Well, Listen, the Bible's already told us what people look like when they don't have authority. In those days, there was no, th no king in Israel. And every man did that which was right in his own eye. Lack of authority leaves it up to us to figure it out. Ask me how well mankind has done historically when it's up to him to figure it out. We're meant to have a king. Here's, here's Mordecai. I raised her. I raised her. But God promoted her. And since he put her over me, and since I told her, she needs to go before the king on our behalf. She told me I need to pray and fast. And shame on me. Shame on me. If I hold my leader to a higher standard, then I'm willing to hold myself. Hey, don't spend your Christian life telling everybody else what they need to do. Why you do nothing? Listen, you may not preach, you may not teach, you may not sing, you may not be in charge, but there's something for you to do. Do your job. Pray, fast, give, show up. Keep the nursery. Sing. He said, I'm not, I, the choir is just not meant for me. And you know, for some of you, that's the truth. I tell you what you can't do. You come in here Sunday morning, look at them screens and sing your heart out from that pew. Lord, I lift your name on that. Do it while there's no microphone. Hallelujah. Do your part.
See, it's a partnership. That's what it is. We're all working together. The pastor is mending the saints. The saints are ministering and they're maturing. We're all, we're all working here. See, when we show up at church, we all got to do what we're supposed to do. Otherwise, the work doesn't go on. Come on, folks. Let's make sure we hold up our end of the partnership. Because while we're on the stage doing our part, God is working behind the scenes. Our Lord and our God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Forgive us for the time we've downplayed the, the little phrase or the, the person with no lines that just is an actor in the crowd. The innocent bystander. The silent onlooker. It all makes the story unfold. Thank you for a man like Mordecai who would be in his place on his knees praying, fasting. Hmm. I wonder what's going to happen Sunday that's contingent on what this crowd prays for the rest of the week. It'd be just a few days, I'll be right back in this spot again, mounting a pulpit. The worship leader's going to lead songs. Somebody's going to do announcements. Somebody else going to sing. All over this building, workers are going to open the Bible, teaching it to children and adults. And some people in this church are going to do none of what I just said, but that doesn't mean they do nothing. May every member of Crossroads Baptist Church find some time between now and Sunday to get in the throne room. Say, God, somebody is sticking their neck out for us. We may not be the ones sticking our necks out, but we can pray. This is a partnership. Somebody to pick up the phone and speak Spanish. Somebody to drive somebody to church. Somebody to build a stage. Somebody to cook, clean, spray the pews down. It's all a part of the production that God is working behind the scenes. Pastor, pray for me. I don't even have it all figured out, everything I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm going to do my part. If I perish, I perish. I just want to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to limit the director from pulling off his production in me. That's you. Would you put your hand up? God, I want to do my part. Bless you. Now be there. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Put your hand down. Have you, have you ever heard somebody say about somebody, you only had one job. You, ain't, you only had one job, man. All you had to do was just kick the extra point. Just this one job. Listen, don't ask for three jobs if you can't do the one. Father, help us. 
We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God.